the Word of God says that we need to be holy in everything we do, and it also says that we must be holy as I am holy, meaning we must be as holy as God. And you know, if the Word of God says that we must be this way, it must be possible. We're going to talk about this. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Life is Jesus Christ with Sean Paul. Make sure you subscribe to stay connected. We pray your life in Christ be supercharged with today's message. Hello, Sean Paul here with Life is Jesus Christ. We are going to continue our Developing Intimacy series with the Lord. And we are going to continue talking about holiness. This is part 26 of this series. I would probably say we're going to get up to probably 40 by the time we're all said and done. We have a lot more to cover, but I believe it's very encouraging, uh, you know, to me, living a life in such a way that we can have intimacy with God is possible for all of us. God wants to have an intimate relationship with every each and one of us. So it's very possible. So I encourage you to go back and start listening uh, to the other messages if you have not, because this whole series will guide you and get you in that right position to have that intimate relationship with God. And I've shared this before and I'll share again, you know, I'm the one that actually wrote this message and it's actually encouraging me. It's encouraging my life. I'm seeing a lot of massive changes in my own life. So it's very, very important to to feed on God's word, to hear God's word spoken, and it will radically transform and change your life. I'm in. Now, we talked about this a little bit before uh, we left last time, and I just want to uh, continue on um, in this. Uh, let me catch up here. I apologize. Uh, okay, so basically, you know, we left off at God expects us to be holy. And I wanted to go over this with you. Uh, so we're going to touch on just a little bit that we did cover last time. So there's two reasons why believers are to live holy lives. And again, the Word of God says that you will not see the Lord if you are not holy. So uh, work at living in peace with everyone, work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each uh, each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Amen. So, you know, I said last time and I'll say again, we cannot blow this off. We cannot brush it off and say, oh, well, you know, that doesn't really mean what it says. And I've heard people say those type of things. And, you know, that's dangerous ground to be on because more or less what you're saying is, is it doesn't fit my mindset. It doesn't fit the way I believe that I should be living and I can live. So I'm not going to believe that part of the word of God. That's what you're saying. So to me, and what I said in the intro, and I'll say again, if the word of God says it, I believe that you can live it. Amen. And you know, as somebody that has, has been doing this for 33 years, and I can say that I uh, uh, have failed many times over, a thousand times I have failed God. I have slipped back. I have failed into sin. I have watched myself live in sin while I'm a professing believer in Christ. I'm not saying that that's okay. What I'm saying is that I have always seen myself through the Holy Spirit being pulled in the right direction, getting free from things that I have been caught up in. And I've always felt and seen in my life in pursuing holiness in my life. So it's very, very important to me. 
Um, and I shared last time, and I'll share again quickly, this is not about legalism, uh, because I'm telling you right now, you will not be free by living a life of legalism. There's a lot more to this, and I'm going to share that with you here in a few minutes. So, how can Paul say this? This is what catches me. You know, this is a man that wrote probably two-thirds or three-quarters of the Bible, of the, of the New Testament. So, to me, when he says this, this should shake you. It says in 1 Corinthians 9.27, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I might be disqualified. So see, to me, that's really concerning to think that the Apostle Paul think he could be disqualified of eternal life. Amen. So again, I don't want to you know, give you this, this perception that you should be just living in this fear that you're not going to make heaven's gates. But we should be considering our life. We should be considering the way that we live. We should be considering uh, what we are doing, uh, uh, the type of life that we're living. Are we pursuing God or are we not pursuing God? We may say we're believers in Christ, but that doesn't mean that we're pursuing God. So see, to me, we need to be very, very careful in the way that we live our lives. And we need to be seeking the Lord to help us live the life of, of holiness. And as I said last time, I'll say again, righteousness is Jesus's job. When he shed his blood upon the cross, we accept him as our uh, our Savior, make him the Lord and King of our lives. We accept and receive that righteousness in our lives. We've been made righteous through Jesus, and we've been separated and set apart, so we have been made holy. But holiness is our responsibility. We need to strive to, to, to live a life of holiness. Amen? So uh, Hebrews 12, 28, 29 says, since we have received a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with the holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. Amen. So we need to live a life by pleasing God. I shared last time. I'll share again. So I don't live in this fear because it does say to live in a holy fear. But I'm going to be talking about fear of the Lord next. Uh, holy fear to me is not a fear of constant punishment or manipulation or uh, mind games, whatever it may be. That's a negative fear, but there's a positive fear, a fear of that I honor you, I love you, I'm in awe of you, I I, I respect you, I, I love what you've done in my life, I, I want to please you. See, that's the holy fear that we're talking about. So see, we should be living a life to where we want to please God. We want to know what pleases Him. It's like, you know, our parents. You know, I I, I grew up in a great home. I had great parents. I love my mother and father. My father has passed away, but my mother still lives in Iowa. You know, I get to periodically see her, and um, I love her dearly. And, but see, the thing it is, is I know what pleased my parents, and I know what displeased my parents. Now, I'm not saying I was a great little kid and, and you know, I did a good job and pleased my parents. There's many times that I disappointed my parents. But I'm just telling you, I knew what pleased my parents. I knew what pleased my, my mother and father. So it's the same thing. We should know what pleases 
the Lord. And how do we know what pleases him? Read the word of God. Open up our Bibles. I'm going to get my Bible here. For those that can't see the video, open up the Bible and read the Bible and you will find out what pleases God. I shared last time that when I was a new believer in Christ Jesus, I had a lot of opinions of who I thought God was, but I found out quickly that that's not who he was by reading the word of God. One of the first things I did as a believer in Christ, I went and got a Bible and started reading the Bible and finding out who he is and his expectations over my life. Amen. So we must worship him in holy fear. I Again, I, I will discuss this in a, a later episode, what holy fear is, but I'll touch on it real briefly. It's reverential awe, respect for God in his holiness, his power, authority. We recognize his majesty. We desire to worship and obey him with humility and awe. The fear is not a fear of punishment or harm, but rather a deep reverence and honor of God. And when you practice biblical holiness, you don't need to fear punishment. I don't go around fearing God, as in meaning I have the fear of the Lord in my heart, but I don't go around with the negative negative fear of God like he's going to punish me. He's going to strike me dead. He's going to strike me in a lightning bolt. I just don't do that. But again, I want to be make sure I make a statement here. I have the fear of the Lord in my heart. I do fear him in a positive way that propels me forth in such a way to, to, to embrace him and desire to have an intimate relationship with him. I don't avoid him. I run to him. Amen. So uh, back to Hebrews 12, 15 or 14, 15, it says, don't trip over, uh, it, it, don't trip over the scripture. Don't make it legalistic. Stay in the middle of the road. See, that's the whole thing that's very important um, is, is always just stay in the middle of the road with the word of God. Stay in the middle road. Don't try to think of crazy, relevant things to say to make yourself like look like ooh and ah, because I think that's what drives a lot of ministers. They want to be relevant. They want to say all these these uh, these hype things to make people think, oh, wow, there's something special. But see, what happens is, is I've seen them kind of divert in the wrong direction of error and get in the ditch on either the right or the left. Now, you know, recently there's a gentleman that just passed away. Uh, he was a minister of the gospel years ago. He had a massive uh, following, a mega church, so to speak, 6,000 people that attended. And unfortunately, he got into error and teaching uh, uh, heretical, uh, I don't know if that's the way to say it, but just he was teaching heresy. Let's just say that. Um, he was teaching heresy about no hell uh, there's no hell. Everybody's going to go to heaven. It doesn't matter who, who you are. Everybody's included. And obviously, if you read the word of God, that is 100% a lie. That is deception. But see, where did he go wrong? Why did he go wrong? Because he was right before, but all of a sudden he started going wrong. I think sometimes it's where people are trying to be relevant in the gospel of Jesus Christ and they get off into the left or the right side of the, uh, the road and they get in a ditch and then they get so determined that they are right and, they're, and, and their pride rises up and they refuse to admit wrong and they refuse to get in the middle of the road. And, you know, many of you may not have heard of him, but his name is Kenneth Hagen, a gentleman, uh, 
preached and teach the Word of God until he was, I believe, 85 years old. And uh, it was asked of him many times, why did you not get off in the ditch? Because a lot, I'm not going to say a lot, but there are many pastors and teachers and ministers of the gospel that get in the ditch. And he said, I stayed in the middle of the road. And so see, we've got to make sure that we stay in the middle road. Don't get so legalistic that you get off into the right side and don't get so liberal and loose in your life that you get off into the left side. Amen. So God's love and grace and mercy is sufficient. He's going to guide you. He's going to, if you have an open heart to want to walk in holiness, if you have an open heart to live right before him, he is going to guide you through the Holy Spirit. His love and grace over your life, his mercy is sufficient. He is going to speak to your spirit. He's going to speak to your heart. He's going to lead and guide you in the way that you should go. But the key is staying sensitive to him in your relationship with him. Amen. So see, we must be close to God. We must be aiming to be like him. Amen. Living with a deep uh, awareness of his presence and having a strong determination to do what he says is right. See, again, this is so important that we get a hold of this in our lives, that we want to live a life that is right before God, and we want to please Him no matter what we say, no matter what we feel is right, uh, no matter what we want to do. If it's not right according to the Word of God, we need to walk away from it. It's not right worth it. Amen. It's not worth to live a life of unrighteousness. It's not worth to live a life of sloppy living. It's not worth it. Holiness is not simply a matter of negative things we avoid, but positive things that we pursue in serving God. See, I don't think about the negative things. I just think about serving God. I think about pursuing Him. I think about pleasing Him. I think about loving Him. I think about worshiping Him. I think about His plan and purpose for my life and me wanting to fulfill and chase it. I don't want to watch uh, things on TV that's displeasing Him. I don't want to think thoughts in my mind that's displeasing Him. I don't want to do things that's displeasing to Him. It's kind of like the other day I was um, watching a TV show a uh, new series that I've been watching. It was great. It was wonderful at first. And then all of a sudden, uh, these two ladies entered into this uh, alternative lifestyle. Uh, as a believer in Christ Jesus, I think it's wrong. I think, uh, you know, homosexuality is wrong. I think gay marriage is wrong. I'm sorry if you're listening to me and you're offended at what I'm saying. I'm sorry. According to what I see in the Word of God, it's wrong. It's the Word. It has nothing to do with what I'm saying. It's what the Word of God says. So because of this, I shut it off. I didn't watch it. I don't want to watch that stuff. I don't want to be a part of it. So what I'm saying is, see, that's that's what I'm saying is, to me, it's, it's serving God. It's pursuing Him. It's what's pleasing to Him. And I believe that the Holy Spirit's inside of me. And and. So I'm going to subject the Holy Spirit to the show? No, I'm not going to do that. So see, again, it's not about a don't. It's about a positive pursuit of the Lord. Amen. So by focusing on what God wants us to be and do, we are not 
likely to be caught up or distracted with things that we should not be doing as his children. I mean, you know, again, if you're pursuing to please him, I believe in my heart you will not be caught up in things that you should not be doing. And if you do get caught up in something that you shouldn't be doing, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. It's not condemnation. He's just going to speak to you and deal with you. And as long as you stay sensitive to that, guess what? You're going to see him uh, uh, continually speaking in your heart, continually speaking to you, and and, and you will not be calloused. Uh, you will not have a callous heart, but you'll have a sensitive heart, and you'll be able to hear him as he leads and guides you, and then you just simply obey and be obedient to what he says to do. Amen. So God has called believers to be holy in all of life. God's very purpose in saving us is to have people who will be just like him and who can live with him eternally. You know, again, the Bible says, and we spoke of it, uh, if you're not holy, you will not see the face of God. Right here, God's very purpose is saving us is to have people who will be just like him and can live with him eternally. So in order to live with him eternally, we need to live a life of holiness. Amen. So God does. And again, one thing I want to just stress here, there is a grace. God has a grace. Again, don't get caught in the ditch. Don't go far to the right or to the left. Stay in the middle. There is a grace. There's a mercy. God sent his son to shed his blood for our salvation. He knew that we could not do it on our own. We cannot earn our salvation. Amen. But at the same time as being uh, there's a grace, we must do our part. Amen. So God does not want us to be corruptible and dying in the world. God wants us to be holy. He wants us to be set apart like him. God wants us to live with him eternally. Uh, but to live with him eternally, we must be like him, must be holy. Therefore, we must pursue, seek, and go after holiness. We must live holy, pure, righteous, and godly lives. Amen. I, I apologize. Some of this might be a little redundant, but it's good. It's good to continually hear some of this stuff to be repetitive. So then it's a little bit more, it's kind of like soaking. It's kind of like you know, marinating a piece of meat, you know, once you get it marinated, it's soaked into that meat. It's like that, that, that meat is full of that flavor. I mean, so you're full of the flavor of the Holy Spirit and that flavor is holiness. I mean, so we must seek and go after God. We must seek to be like him while on earth. This might be extremely hard for some people to listen, but this can uh, can't be done on our own. And this is a very beautiful thing that I want to now share with you. We definitely have uh, about 10 minutes left. And this is really good. And I pray that you stay with me because I believe this part will definitely change uh, your outlook on being free and walking free because this is what changed my life. This is what radically changed my life. Romans 7, 18, 19, it says, And now that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And then uh, 7, 24 says, I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the, to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. 
who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Now, one thing that I want to make sure that I get everybody to understand, Romans 7 is Paul living under the law. Paul was a Pharisee before becoming a believer in Christ Jesus. Amen. So Paul was trying to live a life under the law. So literally, essentially, what it says is we can't fix ourselves. Paul was trying to fix himself. He cannot fix himself. If we try to try to fix ourselves, we're living under the law. And I can tell you this, this is where I've gotten free. I was living a life of sin as a believer. I was getting pulled back again, continuously back into sin. And over and over, I would cry out to God, I would get free, and then a couple weeks later, I'd be back into sin. I was basically a yo-yo Christian. Amen? And then finally, I just cried out to God and I said, Lord, I need help. And see, a lot of people make a mistake looking at these scriptures thinking, this is Paul. See, Paul can't even live a life right. Paul can't even do anything right. Paul's a sinner just like all of us. And again, I looked at that scripture like that, and then all of a sudden I realized, whoa, wait a minute. This is Paul under the law. And then the Holy Spirit began to minister to me and said, see, you're trying to fix yourself as a believer in Christ, and you can't do it. And if you did, you would have boasting rights that you're the one that fixed yourself, not me, through the Holy Spirit in your heart. Amen? So see, again, I fell many times over, probably a thousand times, if not more, I fell God over and over and over. Then, like I said, God showed me the truth in this scriptures and more. Amen? So see, it's not by doing the do's and don'ts. Again, it's about following deeply, hopelessly, deeply in love with God. Probably that's not a good word, hopelessly, hopefully in love with God. I mean, so see, if I achieved in fixing myself, like I said, I'd be able to say, oh, look at how great I am. Look how great Sean is. See, I fixed myself. But see, that's not what God wants. God wants the Holy Spirit to fix us. I mean, empower us with the grace of God that's inside of us and be able to be free from sin, being being free from darkness in our lives that we can continually stay in the light of Christ and be free. Amen. So let's go ahead and continue on. Romans 7.25 says, Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. So see, now this is Paul recognizing who Jesus is, accepting him as his Lord, and now being free. So, this, the answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. So again, he recognized it was Jesus Christ that can set him free. He can be free from sin. Amen. So that is the answer. Thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ. So see, again, it's through the blood of Jesus Christ that we are saved. Or, and, and we are set free. So upon salvation, we are free from our sinful nature. We are no longer slave to sin. Listen to this. Romans 6, 6, 7 says, We know that our old sinful self were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We no longer, we are no longer slaves to sin for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. So I want to say this to all you 
that say, well, we're just sinners. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You you were a sinner saved by grace, but you're no longer a sinner. It says right here, we were set free from the power of sin, that we were set free from our sinful nature. We need to start living a life in Christ as a saint of God. And again, I know those back in the back will start saying, you think you're better than me. You think you're a saint. You're just a holy roller. No, I'm accepting what the word of God says about me and who I am in Christ. And I am going to begin to walk out who I am in Christ by professing who I am in Christ. And that is, I am a saint of God and I am going to live as a saint of God. Do I make mistakes? Yes. Do I sometimes stumble? Yes. But I have the grace of God, but I know where I'm going and I know what I'm doing and I am not going to live a life of sin. I am going to be free from sin because the Bible says that I can be free from sin. Again, I know I've ruffled some feathers, but hopefully maybe you're going to get a hold of this on the inside and realize who you are in Christ and stop making excuses for sin in your life. Get free from it. Now, the best scripture that I've ever found, and this is my most favorite scripture. Someone asked me, what's your favorite book of the Bible? I don't have a favorite book of the Bible, but I have a favorite scripture, and this is the one that I love that has set me free. It's Philippians 2.13. I like to read it in the NLT version, the New Living Translation, because the wording of this is so beautiful. It says, for God is working in you, giving you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So living in sin, does that please God? No. So it says that he's going to give me the desire to be free from sin and the power to be free from sin. So guess who I'm going to brag on now? I'm going to be bragging on God and saying, God has set me free from a life of sin and I no longer have to live a life of sin because I am now free through the grace empowering grace that's inside of me that's been given to me by God and because of him I am free from sin and I don't have to live that way and I don't want to live that way why because I have the desires that's been planted inside of me from the Lord and I have the power to be free that's Philippians 2 13 make sure you write that down and start living it it's in the uh, New Living Translation uh, version of the Bible. So we are empowered by God's grace through the Holy Spirit. What pleases him? Just think of anything that would please God. He will give you the desire, the power to do that, to please him. To live holy? Absolutely. He's going to give you the desire and the power to live holy. Amen. This is this is exciting. At least to me, it's exciting. And then he gives you us the desire and the power to do so. He helps us to live in freedom from sin and to be holy. Amen. Now, stay tuned because I got a lot more. See, this excites me. This, to me, excites me because I believe it's encouragement to those that are listening that you are now finding out that you can live a life that you never thought you could live. And it's through the empowerment of grace through the Holy Spirit and it was given to us by Jesus Christ, by shedding his blood upon the cross and by Father God sending his son. Amen. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, in Jesus name, I pray for all those that, that are listening right now, that you help them live a life of holiness. Give them the desire, the power to do so. 
that they can be free from sin and they can live a life of holiness, that they will desire it and have a power to do it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And then finally, let's pray for all those that are listening that may not know the Lord, may not have Jesus Christ in their hearts, but they want to. It's a simple prayer. You simply have to recognize Jesus as Lord. You say, Jesus, I confess out of my mouth that you are the Lord of my life. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. I know you went to the cross. You shed your blood for my sins. Your blood has washed, as I confess, your blood will wash all my sins away. So Jesus, I confess all my sins. Thank you, you forgive me. And I believe that you went to the grave and three days later you were resurrected and you rose again. So I ask you to forgive me of my sins and I ask you to help me to live this life to help me find the church to be discipled in and served in. And I thank you through the power of the Holy Spirit, I will live a holy life. And I have eternal life now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you pray that prayer with me, you are now saved. You now have eternal life. So now go and find a church to go and serve in and to, to give of yourself in and watch your, your life to be radically transformed and changed. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Sean Paul here, and I just want to thank you so much for tuning in. My heart is that you find the life Jesus Christ has for you, that you truly become fulfilled in Him. And make sure you subscribe and stay tuned because